It's almost a daily litany. ISIS, infiltration by Syrian refugees, suicide bombers, nations bristling in the Near East, shootings in our streets, children's innocence being shattered, economic uncertainty. Certainly there's more than enough in daily news to keep us in an unsettled frame of mind. But what many people choose to do to get away from that is just to keep themselves distracted by the very many material trinkets and pleasures that our society so abundantly offers. We've just gone through Black Friday and it seems to enthrall the culture almost as much as Christmas itself. So as we enter Advent with the church calling us to a hope and a peace that sometimes can seem more of a fairy tale than reality, the world counters with surface celebrations and the enticement just to get more and bigger things. So the question for us is which voice we're going to listen to in the coming weeks. Are we going to listen to the threatening voices, to the distracting, diversionary voices, or do we tune our ear to the voice of God that blows through the scriptures and the church? Now, on the surface, the voice of God is not always immediately appealing. Even when God promises good things, the fulfillment is so often suspended. Over 2,500 years ago, with Jerusalem facing total destruction, Jeremiah was affirming the coming of God's promise saying that what is right and just is going to triumph. It was a bit over 500 years later that the promise appeared. Fully God and fully man, God with us. And yet, in another way, Jesus himself only extended the longed-for hopes. Gospel reading today seems to side with the threatening voices in today's news. There are certainly downer words and phrases in the gospel today that we'd rather not hear. Dismay, people will die, the heavens will be shaken, tribulations. But can we see that those things are not the focus of what Jesus is really saying? So what are we looking for as we go once again into Advent? Well, some voices that preach the gloom and doom seem to have a lot of people's attention. There are other voices that are telling us to just grab whatever pleasures we can, whenever we can. Then if we listen to these words that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he is simply saying, live in the love of God. 
So often we look for something sensational. We want to see God moving in big ways. Paul is simply saying, conduct yourselves to please God. Now, I think most of us really want to do that, but at the same time, we're often asking how. How do I do that from day to day? Well, C.S. Lewis seems to have something for almost any occasion. For, for decades following World War II, our nation continued to fight what was called the Cold War. It was a tense time of mostly passive uh, aggression between the two big nuclear powers of the United States and the USSR. And the looming attack for decades was an atomic bomb. I remember elementary school exercises where the alarm would go off and we students would have to get down on the floor and crawl under our desks for protection, as if that would do a lot of good with a bomb going off. Many people built bomb shelters in their backyards. Those of us that are old enough remember that. The point is that the fear then was just as palatable as it is today. And so C.S. Lewis wrote an essay to address the Christians that he saw being held in hostage by their fears. This is what he said. He said, I think we give too much thought to the atomic bomb. How are we to live in the atomic age? He says, what I want to say is, why live the way that you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year? Or live as you would have lived in the Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat on any night? Or live indeed as you're already living in an age of cancer, of paralysis, or automobile accidents. In other words, let's not think that we live in such an unusual situation. Then Lewis really hits the reality that we'd like to avoid. He says, believe me, dear sir or madam, because he was an English gentleman, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. Indeed, we do have an advantage over our ancestors. We have anesthetics. <laughs> he says, but let's not go around in fear, whimpering and worrying about what might happen because the world is exactly the way that it's been ever since evil came. He says, so what shall we do? He says, well, if we're going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb and replace that with whatever fear is going on in our world, then if and when that happens, let it find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, 
and not be like huddled sheep thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but a microbe can do that. They need not dominate our minds. Wise words from Lewis. So I ask again, what voices are we going to listen to in the coming weeks? The threatening voices, the distracting voices, or the voice of God that blows through Scripture and church? The voices of fear are tempting us to forget that God is in control, that His promises are sure. The diversionary voices are tempting us to believe that something other than God can give us security and peace and happiness. But the Scriptures and the church continue to remind us of what is right and good and true and to encourage us to be faithful. Exactly what you're doing this morning. Here we are, gathered around the Word and around the altar. We are here to receive Jesus, and in doing so, to give witness that there is something greater in this world. We're here to learn to love each other, love as God loves us. And as we do these things and as we keep on doing these kinds of things, listen to St. Paul once more. Finally, brothers and sisters, we earnestly ask and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you should conduct yourselves to please God, and as you are conducting yourselves in this way, Continue to do so even more. So that's how we enter Advent. That's how we prepare for the coming of the Lord. Keep praying. Keep loving. Keep listening to the Lord and His church. Then we'll be ready for anything.